In today's episode, we are going to be here with At Home with Jess, Jessica Dunn, who helps individuals and families calm the chaos by living with less. And I'm going to let Jessica introduce herself (laughs) a little bit today and share a bit of her story with us. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Um, Yeah, this has been a quite a fun journey the last few years with um, living with less. Um, I kind of will kind of dive in and why I'm doing it. Um, I've been a realtor for 15 years and I've helped people declutter and stage their houses for a long time, hundreds of houses a year. And I really only dinged and came upon my head one day that like, wow, look at the power of what I'm doing. Every time I did something, the, the, the family would be like, oh my God, I wish I lived like this forever. It feels so calm. Why haven't I been doing this all along? And I think it's just something that I've always done in my life, but never realized how impactful it was until I really started looking inward and seeing how it was impacting my family. So that's kind of how I started um, really honing in and doing my research, experimenting with my own family, how it really impacts our day-to-day basis kind of things. So that was a big turn in where I'm kind of going in a direction from being a realtor to helping people love their homes again. So that's kind of where it started. Mm-hmm. Was there like an inciting incident or like a moment when you yes. realized that this, like, it was like do or die. Like I have to commit to this. Yes. Um, I, like I said, we're not very, like we're not hoarders or anything, but we had a lot of stuff. I'm a busy parent of two kids, both my husband and I work. And there was one moment I remember coming from like late from work, how to get something whipped together for supper. My kids got to go to dance. The other one's going to this thing. and we didn't pull anything out for supper, pulled open the fridge and like this pungent smell, like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just grabbed the garbage can and started like throwing out food, like one after another. And then I was like equating it. You can't see my fingers right now, but I was equating it for the throwing away dollar bills. And my kids were watching me do this as if it was like a normal thing. And that made me physically sick not just because of the smell but it was like what am I teaching my kids what is going on in my head right now that I can't even I'm throwing away hundreds of dollars of food and not even like blinking an eye like that really it did not sit well with me and I just like this is it this is the moment where I am like going to start to look at what we own how it impacts us how intentional my spending impacts us and what am I teaching my kids about consuming and material things Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where it all started was that moment (laughs) racing around trying to get my kids to something because I was always on autopilot and I was never present I was always rushing never like ahead of the game I was always feeling like I was in survival mode constantly and um and like this that's that something's got to change like I'm not gonna be able to continue living like this and I don't want to because I want to be a good role model for my girls. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of where it like definitely turned for sure. I imagine that feeling was like an overwhelm and like a disconnect from like, I'm hearing this disconnect from like how much you were spending on the food to how much you were actually using the food. And then similarly, I imagine, you know, where we're going to take this conversation in terms of decluttering and that kind of thing is that the disconnection between like, do I need this thing? Or is it just here? Right. Like that living in autopilot and, um, Tell me a little bit about this moment and how the emotions were just like 
you know, you're standing there in your kitchen. I can just like feel it. You're standing there in your kitchen, throwing this food out. You have to get to dance. You have to, you know, like life doesn't stop just because you've had this epiphany. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually, it, it almost felt like how you almost describe when you're out of your window of tolerance. Like I was like beyond off. Like I was, I felt out of control. Mm -hmm. I felt very, um, helpless, defeated. Um, always like the overwhelming feeling was like, it was physical too. I could feel it all. Like, and it was like, this is, there's something wrong here. Mm. I need to make a change. And that was definitely, how do I do that now? Like, how do I, how do I convert this now? Like, how do I take this pain that I'm feeling and find a way to, to cope with it? Because you can do all your exercises. You could do art therapy. You can do all these things, but if you can't get to the root of why you're feeling the way you do, um, it's going to continue to come back up and come back up and come back up. And I just wanted to say, yes, these things all are really helpful. Don't get me wrong. Meditation and journaling is amazing, but I felt like if I can control my physical environment, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't do as well. I, I can still, it still works, but once I can get my physical environment in a space where I could feel calm, then I can really find room in my head to handle the big stuff because I always felt like that stuff was always going to be there the, the, in the back mm. of my mind you know like all that shit can I talk can yes, I swear in there absolutely. Okay. <laughs> all the shit that's <laughs> on the counter like all the eight pound or eight piles of laundry I got to fold um all the kids stuff that I got to tackle all their agenda of items and spirit days and everything that was coming up that's all going to be there after I do my 30 minute run or after right. I do my journaling so I was never really fully in immersed in that coping strategy because that all that stuff was still there nagging me mm. you know like mm -hmm. I could feel like I I'm, I don't know if I'm unique in this but I feel clutter I feel the heaviness of it and I don't know if that's like a neurodivergent thing or I but I feel like a lot of like every time I say that to a group of women, they're like, yes, I yes. feel it too. I can feel the mental heaviness, but I actually feel the weight of it all. It's like connected yes. so deeply with me. So once I started to like tackle little things and I didn't do my entire house, like I got did little things at a time to make me feel like, okay, what works? What doesn't work? What is helping me get through this? Mm. How is it impacting my kids? I'm looking for efficiencies. So then I can streamline my life. It was almost like I was treating my house like a business a little bit. I was taking the emotion out a bit to see what was working and how it flowed. Mm -hmm. The flow is so important to me to like get to the space where I needed to be so I can handle the big things, which is, if you come to the next, the, the next talk, it, I, thank God I did this before I got into the deeper stuff with my girls mm -hmm. that was waiting for me down the road right. because I don't know if I could have mentally handled it myself. I think I would have had to take like a leave or something, yes. but this just gave me like such clarity, such um, um, time to like really dive into like um, why I was consuming things. Why am I buying stuff that I don't need? Why am I holding on to things that I don't need anymore? Like those were like really deep, questions yes. and it gets kind of and though they though the answers are also yes deep. they get kind of messy yeah. and but you have to deal with them at some point otherwise 
the patterns are going to continue to roll. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I was feeling when I started this for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get off of that autopilot that I just buy this thing? I just, this is my rhythm. This is my routine. This is what we buy. This is what we do. This mm -hmm. is what we engage in. How did you get out of that autopilot and move into starting to putting some of these things into practice, actually making the time right. to put them into practice? Right. Because like you said, all of that other stuff was still going to go oh, on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt like I just had to see some visual benefits coming out of it. And if you do something just small and see where it kind of count goes, it, it snowballs. So for example, in the kitchen, like I, I started in the kitchen cause that's where my big moment happened. I'm like, I got to get the spending out of con under control, but how do I do that? Like when you've been doing it for so many years, how do you, how do you help yourself get out of that? And again, I treated it like a business. So I first looked up at my spending and I tracked it. And even if I didn't change much in my spending habits right off the hop, I took a look at, at it after I saw it. I need to see the visual impact. So when I noticed, like, oh, I thought I was only spending 250 bucks a week. It actually was like almost closer to 400 after eating out and um figuring out my husband's grabbing things here and there and not communicating those things. So just to, that alone was like a huge, powerful visual for me. And the other way is what am I wasting? So again, tracking, like when everything I was throwing away, I was writing it down and I saw any quitting, putting a money dollar amount to it. So that the money thing was very motivating to me, but it wasn't the reason I just needed to find out where I could I'd wanted to reduce my food waste. So that was like the biggest piece for me is like, I needed some visual tools to get me through that. And then the third step is like, what do I already have now? What can I use now to um, avoid the food waste? So instead of going shopping, let's try to use what we have in the house and be creative and different and have different types of mindsets. When with me, I was, um, I always had like high expectations. I was going to make these grand meals, which how you do that with our time? Like you just can't every day. So I had to make meal planning very simple mm. and use what we have on hand. So that was definitely helping me use up the food that we already had, making it easy and simple. So whoever is on supper duty that night knows exactly what they're making because it's on our fridge. Boom, 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 done. So again, making things visual for me was huge. And this Kitchen Crasher course kind of goes through how I did it. And I saved $5,200 that year. But that wasn't the biggest benefit out of it. It was like I got to see how my – I was watching how my kids were eating. Mm -hmm. And I was watching to see how they were – what their food relationships were like and how we were talking around at the dinner table. It was helping me realize, okay, if I'm wasting all this money on food – there's so many other people in our community that have are feeling food scarcity to the nth degree. It's so bad in our city right now. So we use that money to give back to the community. So like there were so many different benefits that came out of it. We started eating healthier. It was more fun in the, the kitchen. We could find things in the pantry again. So I was got I got on this the snowball of all the benefits that were happening in the kitchen. And I'm like, I need to go do this in all the other areas of my house. And it just was kind of like the same system, the same formula where I was seeing the visual benefits um, 
and making things either harder for me to do because I don't want to go through the drive through 18 times. And if that's okay, sometimes you have to be honest with yourself. Like yes. on Wednesdays, I got to go to Subway. Like yeah. that's just happening. And you just don't beat yourself up about it. And you just, you roll that into your budget and it makes such a better feeling. And like my kitchen, I barely have anything in there anymore. There's not 18 spatulas. There's So it just makes every every aspect of how we treated food has changed in our family. Mm-hmm. And then that in turn, our mental health was like significantly better. We were so much calmer. We knew what we we're making. We knew we we're going to get out of the house on time. And it just started to be like, be more intentional. And it was, it was amazing. I couldn't believe the benefits that were coming out of it. It was cool. Yeah. So tell me you you could feel the physical clutter like in your body and you've heard other women say this to you how did that change as you went through the process lighter it was liberating like the things that the year that I did this like I said I did it in little sections throughout the entire year every time I let something go it just felt freeing and liberating and the less stuff we have in our homes the less time you have to manage it, the less time you have to clean it, mm-hmm. the less time you have to tell your kid to put it away for the 1800th time, right? The less stuff we had in our house made us feel, I, that's the only way I can say it is just lighter. It was any, I, I don't know if I've done anything that has hit my well being in all facets of my life, but spiritually giving back with the community, mental health, my physical health has gotten better because I had time to go exercise and not worry about the crap in my house. Um, we were eating better. Um, I was more efficient. My head, I was so, I was so much better at problem solving and the clarity and the creativity that I had room in my brain to do now, instead of having to spend eight hours cleaning. It was it's just liberating. It's the feeling I, I can't describe until I feel like I mean, if anybody's done a purge or cleaned out their closet, yeah. they feel they know this feeling. But it's at a different level when you know you can like donate it to somebody that really needs it. Mm-hmm. And it gets better and better each time you do it because you'll have less and less stuff to let go if you're if you're being real about it and being intentional with your spending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the average person has over 300 thousand items in their house I feel like that's on the light side could be yep um (laughs) I probably especially since the since the pandemic Pandemic. yeah yeah like so can you like just think of that for a second like you are managing 300,000 things in your house let alone schedules and other things relationships there's so many other things besides material stuff that is in your head that you have to deal with on a daily basis if you got rid of even like a third of that, how much capacity, you almost think of it like as your computer battery draining, how much mm-hmm. more capacity would you have? How much memory would you have left in your head to like do the things that give you pleasure and mm-hmm. give you a sense of calm um, and just give you the opportunity to see things in a different perspective. And that's where I feel like if once you start it, it'll start to like, you'll see the benefits so fast that you're going to want to take a look at all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. 
what is kind of one common roadblock that mm. you come up against maybe in your own life or like a, a client story where, you know, the desire is there, the want is there. They they feel it. They know the weight, you know, like they're, they're already in a state of awareness. Right. And what, what is a common blockage or barrier that comes up for people um, when starting a process like this? I think the sheer volume is the first block because like, where do you even start? Right. Like once you see so much um, things, it's like, well, what's like, it started. It's like chaos in my house. It's like a storm, right? Whereas, so when I see that block, I'm like, we need to start small and just do little chunks at a time. Um, so like doing your entire kitchen may be the most overwhelming thing you've ever heard of or dealing your entire playroom. Like could take months to get through all that. So how about we do just like, for example, when I do this with the ki- like with kids in the playroom, like so I would try to get the kids involved all the time. Instead of saying, go clean up your playroom, let's just go deal with your stuffy collection. Mm. And just that's, maybe that's all you have the capacity for that day. Um, sometimes once you just focus on one thing, you'll feel so empowered to do go to the next. Like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I did it. I got one of the chunks done. I feel good. I'm going to move on to the next. So then um, it kind of gets your mo- your momentum's going. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then just real recognizing when you're starting to tire out. Because I feel like everybody, like, I'm just going to like do my entire house. Because I just feel like I need to get all the shit on my house. It's just driving me insane. Um, chances are, if your house is in that state already, you're going to probably set yourself up for failure. Like just do a little chunk. Just do your junk drawer. Just do your desk, do your car, do your Tupperware door, just do something small and see how it feels and then play, um, play off of it. And if you're feeling white, just peace out, just be done for the day. Just like you don't, you'll get so overwhelmed that you'll just stop completely because you'll feel like you failed and it's not true. Right. You feel like you're a shitty mother. You feel like I'm never going to get my house in the way. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? My, my girlfriends are doing this. Their houses look gorgeous all the time. That's like, not everybody can handle this. And depending where you're starting, like, especially when I'm working with seniors, they've accumulated Mm. over 40 years of things in one little home. And like the emotion that connects with that, that's the second block. If you're coming, you can ask me that. So the emotional tie is definitely there. And like, how do you sever um, the emotions from the material item, mm-hmm. which is probably the hardest thing that people can do. Like baby clothes is hard for people to let go of, or just a lot of the family, like heirlooms is another one where it gets like, passed on and passed on and passed on and you're like you feel so guilty to let it go because but it's has nothing to do with you and you have no connection you actually have no connection to it um yeah and just feeling like like shit that you've gotten get gotten rid of it or it was a gift yes the gifts yes oh my god the gifts yeah and like feeling like okay this person wouldn't want you to hold on to something that you're not going to use so we're gonna give it on to some like give it a second life to somewhere else Mm -hmm. so those are a few of the blocks that I do see on a regular basis and I've encountered them too Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah my um funny story my my grandma came to stay um at Christmas time and I had made the bed and the blanket that I had put on top of the bed happened to be the blanket that she made me for my university grad (laughs) she came downstairs and she was like this is ugly (laughs) 
And I was like, you, you made, made it and you gave it to me. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but it's ugly. And it's probably just, 20 years old now. You could probably it is. It, it is actually 20 years old. And I absolutely could let it go. But it was such a funny thing because in that moment, I, I was not intentional. I didn't put it on the bed to like, you know, Easter. get a gold star or yeah. anything, right? To, you know, you put there. out your family heirlooms when your family comes over because you need to prove that you still have them and you still enjoy them. It wasn't like that at all. And she was like, legitimately, Kayla, this blanket is exactly. ugly. And oh I was God, like, well, so I don't disagree. And we had this like little moment. I still have it. But, yeah. you know, it was it was such a funny experience oh, because so funny. had I been holding on to it yeah. for the reason that she made it and she gave it to me, right. that would have been the permission to let it go, go. Right. And yeah. I, I don't need to let it go. I'm good with it still. Yeah. But it was such a funny experience of that, like that generational mm -hmm. gap and something that, that she gave me that I could have been holding on to and, and, um, really wanting to keep it and maybe not even in service of me, but in service of her, you know, and it was, it was just such a funny exchange that she just, she just like outright said, it was like, this thing is ugly, Kayla. <laughs> Well, and then like, I also think like after I've been through this and I'm, I'm a realtor too. So I see, like, I oh. see how everybody lives. Like everybody's doing like, you're like, if you feel like you're trying to get to a perfectionist state, like yeah. everybody's in this boat. And I feel like I, if I could just instill a little bit of um, help in this area, I know not only would they feel more at ease at, in their own home after going, coming home from a rough day and or you're dealing with a really intense situation with in a relationship with your kids or your house spouse, and then you got to go deal with like cleaning after it's just an extra mental load that you don't need to carry. Mm -hmm. And just keeping that in mind when you're like, if you're on the fence about it, like I, yeah, I know this would be good for me, but I can't take the step. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, mm -hmm. um, the benefits that come with it, mm -hmm. especially with my kids too, like, cause they're starting to see, um, the benefits too. Not that I push minimalism on them, but they see how it impacts me. I know my daughter, my oldest, she loves to organize as well. I know it's a, it's, um, inherited for sure, but she feels calmer too in her state mm -hmm. when she has that. And, um, my husband too, when he comes home from a rough day, the last thing he wants to do is like a whole load of dishes, like, it's just it just moves those from three like, piles three of paper over exactly. to make his supper or to yeah. make breakfast or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like almost starting your day up um, for success or mm -hmm. off the hop. So, but like to do that, sometimes you feel like it takes hours when it's only like a five minute tidy or something. You yeah. know, like it's just the less you have, the the more time you have to mm. like be in the present moment. And that comes up in the next episode too, where I had the ability to see things that I never thought was happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if people wanted to start in one place, I know that you have your kitchen crasher course, I which do. I uh, participated in before. Was that before Christmas? Yeah. 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 It was. You were like my, my beta group. <laughs> it, was, it was really, it was really, um, 
enlightening to identify some of the places um, that were really easy to improve actually in, in our um, lives. So my husband loves leftovers. So the food thing is not normally an issue for us. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wasting food. Definitely yeah. the wasting food. The wasting of food or food going bad in the fridge is, is not one of our pain points, but definitely one of the, the pain points was, um, you know, having too many spatulas or having that corner like the corner kitchen cabinet that never gets touched, but just houses all of these random things that you may use once or twice a year. Right. And so the, um, the budgeting and the meal planning and some of that decluttering was definitely, definitely helpful for, for our family. And so, um, I think taking the the kitchen crasher course would be a really good first start for somebody who's listening right now, who's thinking some of those blockages or some of those pain points you've already mentioned around like, it might not take five hours. It might actually only take an hour once you get started or um, the, you know, some of the blockages or barriers, especially in, in the work that I do with people is they're often, they're uh I want a falsity, like a, yes. a mental falsity where we've created a story, we've created a yes. thing in our minds, and then it feels impossible to tackle right. it. It's like a mountain. Yeah. 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 As opposed to just like, let's just do the stuffies today. Yeah. Let's just tackle let's the Lego. Steps. Let's yeah. just tackle the sock drawer, whatever that yeah. one mm-hmm. piece is. Yeah. The kitchen crusher is a great one because it's not, usually the things that are in there are not so emotionally connected. Like, yeah. Like, who cares about a pot and pan, right? Um, so I always find that that's a really good place to start because you're not so emotionally attached. I know some people are very connected with their clothes and it's their strong identity or the playroom is intense because the kids are so attached to material things yes. or that storage room where you have all those heirlooms and memorabilia where you can sit for hours sifting through pictures. The kitchen is and like, end up crying and crying and you're wearing like your old stick. <laughs> old prom gowns and like wedding <laughs> pictures. Yeah. It just gets pretty intense sometimes, but I feel like the kitchen is a good place because you're not emotionally attached to mm-hmm. things unless you're like an avid baker. Right. And you have like your favorite items. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But even then you have favorite items and you have not favorite items. So yes. Yeah. I feel like you'd be more logical and practical in the kitchen. Whereas the other things like you could justify like, well, I'll just hold onto this because, but like kitchen, there's really like no, um, there's no, real leeway of like it's other like it's a clear cut black white yes mm-hmm. no move on yeah and you'll feel so empowered when you can donate that to like the why where yes. the women need things to get transitioned to a new home or um you're you're giving it or even selling some stuff at the garage sale and having that money and a fund to go to travel or mm-hmm. or have like um your you know get caught up in your christmas debt or mm-hmm. whatever it is like there's so much stuff in your house that can make you so much money too, that you will be so surprised when you start to go through the process. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thank you so much for talking about how minimalism can reduce really that parent overload and that feeling of heaviness that I know a lot of the default parent women listening mm-hmm. um, can appreciate like the literal weight that they carry around because of that. And for those of you listening, um, Jessica and I are gonna do a three part series. And so this is part one of three. And our next one is going to be um, around the intention of setting your environment up for success when you may have neurodivergent, highly sensitive, wild, intense children. (laughs) We will see you there.